Hey everyone, welcome to episode one of High Performing Agent. We're gonna do some full introductions in a second, but my name's Tyler Newman, and I'm joined with my co-host, Damien Merry. Damien, how's it going? I'm very good, thank you. Cool. Um, I mean, so this is our first one. It's an idea we've had for uh, quite a while, but I guess episode one, it's only right that we sort of introduce ourselves, kind of talk about our story, and um, how we kind of fell into the estate agency world and what our mission is with our new brand, Luxury Property Partners, um, as well as the kind of plan for this podcast, this show, whatever it evolves to be. So maybe let's start with yourself. Um, I mean, should we start by kind of telling the audience your story? And I mean, let's start with what you do now, and then we can dive into the past and kind of Talk about how you got to this point. Yeah, so we've uh, we've set up an amazing company, Luxury Property Partners, which has always been uh, a dream of mine, and I guess something you've had in the back of your head for for several years, um, being very involved in the industry, you know, throughout your life. Um, and it's it's amazing. I mean, we've got some beautiful properties uh, on our books, which is great. We've got a couple of sales under our belt in just a few weeks of Luxury Property Partners existing. So. Um, it's an amazing time. It's an exciting time. I'm very much looking forward to the future. Um, and I guess a lot of hard work over the years has finally got me to, to this point, uh, to get to setting up an amazing company, um, without too much experience over my life of, uh, you know, being within the estate agency, uh, the realm. So I, I left the UK and went to the U S when I was 21 with my business partner and we started a luxury construction company uh, where we started up building gazebos for $50,000 plus and then got into doing some property and some buildings over there in the US and had some of the the highest net worth clientele you could you know you could ever imagine you're talking kind of Mark Zuckerberg level and you know it, it was amazing it was absolutely amazing and uh, one of my good friends over there became one of the top realtors over in California and I spent a lot of time with him and just understanding the ins and outs of marketing and negotiating. And, you know, my business was great. His business was great. But towards the end of my journey in the US, um, my wife and my kids said, you know, we want to go back to the UK. We miss our family. So it made sense. Um, but the big question was, what was I going to do uh, in the UK? And it was just from spending time with my my good friend being a realtor and seeing how much success he had over there and how valued he was as a real estate agent, how much money he earned, the respect he had over there, it was unbelievable. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna step out of the construction side of things because it's it was pretty tricky, it was very labor intensive and I, I fancied a career change. Um, and then doing some research, meeting your dad, Sean Newman, um, uh, and had I had, a great, I had a great meeting with him and you know, some of his advice was to watch people like Gary Vee, Tom Panos, um, Ryan Serhant, literally, even though I was coming back to the UK, it was watch what the Americans do. So I spent, <clears throat> excuse me, I spent the last few months of the my time in the US really studying, studying those guys and then came back to the UK, met with Sean, and then uh, started my my first year in the real estate industry with, with uh, Fine & Country, obviously a fantastic brand, a global brand. Um, but the way the business model worked for me, I was uh, operating in Oxfordshire under four or five postcodes, um, which was fine for me because I, you know, I thought I'd start off slowly and then eventually build up. And very rapidly, I became um, one of the top agents within 
60 or 65 agents um, all around the Midlands. So yeah, I became, I became successful. And I think the, you know, it's in my nature. Once, once I get to a certain point, I want to take it to the next level. It's not me being impatient, but I, I want more and I want better. And I want to be the best, not just in a county or in the company. I want to, I've always got aspirations of being the number one. And um, that's why slowly but surely, and I never knew it was going to happen that we'd start, you know, a business between us. But I think there's something really missing in the UK estate uh, estate agent industry. And there's nobody I really saw that was specifically targeting luxury properties only. And there's several companies out there that claim it's luxury properties or but then you see them selling a house for 200,000 or a million or 20 million and I think you should be an expert in one you know if you're if you go to a Lamborghini garage or a Bentley garage everything is high-end you know exactly what you're getting when you go into you know one, to the, one of those establishments and I think it's missing in the UK um, and the the general feedback I've had from being an estate agent in the UK, especially for my friends and family when I first come over is, what the hell are you doing? Why Why would you do this? Why would you be an estate agent? And I said, well, you know, it's amazing. It's a great business to be in from what I knew in the US, but I didn't know that in the UK. You know, in the US, it's 6% fees. In the UK, it's 1%. It's kind of like an average fee. So I slowly but surely understood what the big problem was in the UK. Um, and that was a big driver for me to charge two, two and a half percent when I was with Fine and Country and take it to a new level. But I think I no longer want to limit myself for now setting up luxury property partners and the core beliefs I've got and you've got. We want to take it to the next level and we want to be specialists in the in the luxury, you know, part of the uh, the property market. And that's why we put it in the business name, you know, luxury property partners. We are solely focusing on luxury property and, you know, within the next five years, in my head, and I'm sure in your head, I want to be the, the number one agent in the UK, and we want to have the number one agency in the UK. And when people think of who am I going to call to sell a luxury property, it, it's got to be us. That's, that's, that's the goal for me. Cool. I mean, so let's, uh, let's sort of elaborate on the kind of model of agency that you've, well, we both have at some point, but obviously yourself as well, operated under... Um, since you came to the UK because probably the pushback or the question you got from family and friends when you told them you were going to become an agent in the UK they probably you know they were only aware of traditional estate agency and that it's not really an amazing opportunity and they've seen obviously you've had all this success running your own business to them it probably looked like a several steps back um, to become an estate agent because of how it works traditionally but I mean do you want to talk about the model that you worked under at Final Country? And obviously now that we've kind of improved of luxury property partners and why you thought it was such a good opportunity? Um, well, I did some basic research in the US about the uh, UK kind of estate agency model. And it was it was almost like a 14 to 18,000 pound basic salary. And you might get a couple hundred pound if you sell a house. So, you know, I, I guess the maximum you could earn maybe... 30 to 40k you know I guess as a as a top agent in the UK um but I was obviously I had my own business and we were dealing with hundreds of thousands of pounds or several millions of dollars transactions sorry every week so I was always used to big numbers always um and then the and then my agent friend over in the US he was earning two three hundred thousand dollars a year 
So I thought, you know, how the hell is this? How does this even happen in the UK? And then I, you know, I came to realize that uh, an employed model, you're very, very restricted. And it almost seems, you know, there's certain roles for everything. It's almost the house selling process. You've got a negotiator, a valuer, somebody who does the viewing, somebody who does the process. There's so many different roles for one transaction. Um, you you kind of see why the, the, the money is split and, you know, why the the employed model, you're not going to really generate much income. So meeting Sean again and, and discussing the self-employed model, that was a huge draw for me because basically it enables you to be a businessman. And that's what I was doing in the US. So to come back to the UK and be able to be in charge of my own destiny, I guess, you know, if you work hard, you can earn whatever you want to earn. But if you want to sit there and wait for the phone to ring or go into a corporate environment, yeah, you can earn 20, 30 grand, but it's not... It's not good enough and that's not out of greed or ego it's just you know i've got three daughters to support my wife to support i left the us with a fantastic business there's no way i'm coming back to the uk and want to just slide into that that kind of you know basic lower end of the market so the the self-employed model to be able to be your own businessman was a was a huge draw and with a bit of research i was doing i, I quickly found out that the uk agents the top agents were earning 100 200,000 pound a year with that self-employed model so that was a that was a huge draw for me and well, well i'm sure maybe one of the next videos we'll do is kind of diving into the details of how the self-employed model works and the benefits um compared to the traditional employed model where it's kind of low basic low commission but i guess the short version is it just means you're commission only but you're getting a huge percentage of the fee income so the more fee income you can generate for the business you are in greatly rewarded for then essentially your business and the more um the, the 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 higher fees you can charge more properties you can sell um the more you can earn and obviously i know you've been very modest and humble but obviously the success you had in your first year completely blew a lot of people out of the water and you were one of the top earners in the business and not by accident as well because of kind of the work you put in i mean so what what did the first kind of first six 12 months look like i mean what was i mean the first week take us back to kind of the first week working as an agent you know what do you remember about what you were thinking about what you were feeling what you did um because i mean that's that's really especially with this model the results you have today are a product of the work you did six or 12 months before and so i mean for you to be come into this model straight into the UK from the US to know that, okay, if I want to be earning money in six months time, that's a product of the work I do now. And so you've really got to hit the ground running. So yeah, talk us through kind of the first couple of weeks, what happened? Um, I guess the first couple of weeks was exciting. And you know, I'm kind of sat there thinking, right, all my stuff is landed in the UK. I'm here. I was, you know, I had my desk set up, my computer was there. I was like, right, I'm ready to go. Um, and then I was literally like, oh shit like what what do i do like what do i do I've, I've i've got all this built up excitement and energy um and i thought okay let's just let's just not panic you know the conversations i had with um with sean newman were don't expect to earn anything for that first six months so i had it in my mind you know i i thought as long as i can be self-sufficient for six months don't just don't panic do not panic because you were pre-warned you know it's a risk so let's just get on with it. Let's just calm down and just get on with it. So I went back to all of my notes 
that I made from studying Gary V, Ryan Serhan, um, Tom Panos, and they all basically pointed to one thing, uh, social media, content marketing, giving out free content. Um, I think it's uh, Gary V says, uh, is it give, 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 or jab, 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 hook, something like that. Yeah, so it's, and that's something I had on my desk, which basically all he's saying is, give, 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 just give as much as you can, eventually something's gonna come back. So straight away I set up my Facebook, my YouTube, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, and I thought, okay, well, let's let's just start the social media. Let's just start it, because you're gonna have to start it at some point, so let's just create these social media channels. You don't have any houses to sell, so what should we do? You know, what, what the hell are we gonna talk about? <laughs> and it's just me, I'm self-employed. I can't really, I can't do anything apart from just go for it, just start. So I got a bit creative. I started to go to some local businesses in around uh, Oxfordshire. I started to study what house prices, uh, you know, what trends there were in the market, what the luxury streets in Oxfordshire were, what the record setting, uh, you know, house sale was over the last two or three years. And I would literally go there with my phone, my tripod, and I would just talk. I would talk about, you know, today we're at the number three uh, streets in Oxford for, you know, the highest values of property. This one sold for three million. And then the next week it was, you know, the number one street in Oxfordshire. And it was just about creating interesting content. And I remember doing another article on, because COVID hit, um, about working from home during COVID. So it was all this content that wasn't always necessarily uh, based around selling houses or buying houses. It was just a bit of everything, to be honest. And I think it's uh, Gary, v, or one of the coaches, you know, they say you've got, people have got to know you, like you and trust you, and then they'll ultimately do business with you. So I thought the more videos I create, people are going to understand how I look, how I sound, how I speak, my kind of even like the way down to a smile or laugh or what, you know, my personality. And it's not always going to be for everybody, of course, but I just thought the more content I push, somebody's going to pick up on it. Somebody's going to find it useful or helpful. And then within uh, two or three weeks of doing that, you know, the e a, an email would come in or a phone call would come in and it was great. It was, it was very exciting, but it was a mixture of social media it was a mixture of me going and literally knocking on people's doors to introduce myself, which was, nobody wants to do that. You know, nobody wants to knock on the door and you feel like you're almost cold calling somebody. And it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing to do, but people like people and people want to see the work that goes into it. So um, yeah, that, that's how I started. So it was social media and knocking on some doors. That was, that was, the, first, that was the first month for me. And that's, that's, how I, uh, that's how I got going. And uh, I mean, when, at what point did you kind of see the results from the social media? So it was, I think it was the third week and it was, it was like winning the lottery. Somebody called me up and they said, Hey Damien, I've seen your stuff. I also sent them a letter in the, in the post as well, just to introduce myself. Um, and they said, look, we want you to come out to our property. Um, we'd love to speak to you more. I know this was amazing. So I did some research on the house. It was a 2 million pound house. And I thought, oh my God, I've absolutely hit the jackpot. This is easy. I'm going to be a multimillionaire. Perfect. This is great. Got to the house. You know, I explained everything about me coming from America. And I said, look, ultimately, you're just going to have to kind of take a chance on me. You'll never find anybody who's, who's going to work harder. I've got such a point to prove because this is my first. And I was so open and honest with them. They absolutely loved it. Um, 
two days later after I signed them up, they called me, Damien, we, it's nothing to do with you. You know, it's the, the, the old, uh, it's not you, it's me kind of excuse, but it genuinely was because even now, a year and a half later, I know they still live there, but they had a change of heart. They said, look, we, this is our, our family home. We've been here for 30 years. We don't want to move. So I was absolutely devastated, but being self-employed, I, nobody else is going to pay me if I don't just get, you know, just get back on with it. And I think looking back now, it's one of the best things that could have ever happened because you can't expect it just to come to you within, you know, a few weeks of doing this. It's not, does it just doesn't happen. Like you said, you know, what you do in month one comes back in month six. So in essence, I worked my ass off for six months, absolutely nonstop, knocking on every door, social media every day without fail, knocking on people's door on boxing day um giving them a, a magazine with all the properties for sale in the rain i remember standing there in the rain and they're like what the hell are you doing but i just thought nobody else is doing this so I, i'm doing it i'm doing it and then um yeah i didn't i didn't get a paycheck for uh for six months so it was it was very tough it was hardcore <laughs> it really was but month seven came the first check was in excess of forty thousand. So that's just from a couple of properties that were sold. So that was an amazing moment. But again, like you said, then the next month was great. The next month was great. And then you might go another month with nothing. But, you know, if you actually average it down, six months was nothing. But then if you actually average it out over that first 12 month period, if you're if you're earning 100 or 200,000 pound a year or whatever in that first year, you know, you're average, averaging it to 10 or 15 grand a month. And then you're thinking, that first month when I knocked on 20 doors and did a bit of social media, I actually got paid 15 grand for that. So if you break it down, it's so worth it. It was so worth all of the, the blood, sweat and tears, basically, and walking in the streets in the rain. And, and it's just about having that mindset of doing something that no other agents are doing. And I know a lot are, are doing it now and trying to do the social media and the videos, but I think it's also about constantly evolving and that's one thing i did learn from my my business partner in the us was you have to constantly evolve because somebody's always going to copy you and they're always going to replicate you and you either take it as kind of yeah it's very flattering or you think right they're stepping up now i need to take it to the next level and you know fast forward 16 months where we are now this is at the point i feel that together with you we're kind of right we've been there we've done that now it's time to take it to the next level so i guess that kind of helps to introduce how and where you came in and come into this and you know your your background uh, in in this industry yeah uh i mean a lot obviously a lot to unpack there with social media as well which i mean we'll, we'll do in upcoming episodes and i know you've had some crazy success with social media that there's probably hours and hours worth of conversation including selling a property at 30 million pounds from a from a single video um and just in general the importance of social media and how the whole estate entry world is just uh is transitioned to that now and, and like you say i think the crazy thing is because there's such a long-term delay between uploading a video to instagram or linkedin or facebook and then actually getting a lead and a sale and exchange of contracts and then a commission it's v it's very hard to uh to connect the two and so it's not like you upload a piece of content to to LinkedIn and then a minute later there's a 20, 50, 20 30 40,000 pound commission check lands in your bank account um and obviously if that did that did happen everyone would be creating videos all the time but it's 
it's the the winners that understand longer term time horizons and just consistency in that you do a video a potential seller is going to see it and then in a month's time they think you know what it's time to sell let me call that damien whose video i saw or whoever else and then you put it on the market and then you find a buyer then you sell and then you get the commission all because you did that one video um and so i think yeah once you really break it down and connect the dots it's uh super super valuable um but yeah i mean my story um a little bit different i didn't mean i don't i don't even know where to start but of course estate agency industry is a world I've, I've grown up in from before I can remember. I can remember every kind of summer holidays, you finish school, I'd spend time in the office doing whatever work my mum or my dad can find me doing, stuffing envelopes and letters. I think they just came up with random jobs just for me to to do. But actually, it was never really an industry that kind of excited me or I understood and I didn't probably spend enough time actually in the office or around it to, to fully understand it until... Um, kind of as I was turning 17 18 at this point I'd had a couple of businesses like e-commerce business events business I'd got that entrepreneurial urge and actually I kind of made my first um, step into property investment rather than a state agency that was kind of what I started to learn about it's what I wanted to do, do following uh, leaving school I decided university wasn't for me it just didn't make sense for me and kind of what I'd learned about running my own businesses and believe kind of the best way for me to learn was just do it myself and so I started learning about property investment and whatnot and actually quickly realized despite growing up in kind of the property industry on the estate agency side I knew nothing about property investment I actually knew very little about estate agency but um, I wanted to get into it but of course you need a little bit of cash for it you kind of want some income some cash flow and I thought okay well I've got an opportunity here to kind of work as an estate agent I've kind of um, started to take a bit of an interest in my dad, Sean Newman, which I'm sure we'll get on um, at some point. Um, and I thought, you know what, if it's commission only and I'm only paid based on my results, then I'll give it a shot. And it was always important to me that I wanted to do my own thing. And uh, obviously I left the estate agency industry a few years back and I've come back recently with Luxury Property Partners and obviously got another property development business and a consulting business with my incredible business partners which uh, we started completely from scratch but going back to when I started as an estate agent I mean I started at started at the very very bottom of the market I remember joining um, the branch in rugby at Newman's and it was a perfect time for me to start because I just had a new manager come in who I kind of had met once or twice before and then there was someone else that joined with the exact same age as me coming into the industry with no experience. His, his name was Jay and still connected now. And he'd actually come from retail. He was working at Next before um, selling shirts and um, furniture, actually. He was working in the furniture department. And so we were same age, we're hungry, wanted to make money. We kind of buddied up and, and learned about it. And of course, I was trying to learn as much as I can from from Sean, my dad, and kind of all the other resources that are available. And I kind of knew the importance of uh, the whole mindset that we have now of get the best result for the client, understanding how to do that in return. If you are truly an expert at getting great results for your clients, you should be charging um, high fees. You shouldn't be competing on fees. You should be competing on on value in the results you can get for your client. Um, but kind of the manager that we had in the office at the time, he had a bit of a different philosophy. He was like, boards breed boards get them on if you've got to compromise on the fee compromise on the fee but we'll get them we'll sell them 
we'll stack them high, uh, sell them cheap and get some momentum going. And it just didn't sit right with me because I'd sit there in market appraisals, listing appointments, and I'd kind of hit, um, I just, just shadowing them just, and he was kind of negotiating on the fee, was was quoting one and a half, one percent, and it just gone against everything I'd learned. And I was kind of challenging him on it. I was like, why aren't we, why aren't we quoting two and a half percent? Why aren't we doing open houses? Why aren't we focusing on pricing strategy and marketing strategy and trying to get a competitive environment? And remember, one of the properties we sold it to the first buyer that came through the door and i was like surely if we had more buyers come through the door we did two or three weeks of marketing um we could have got a better price but he was like no boards breed boards let's get it sold let's get it sold on the website on right moves and then we can try and get some more listings and it just really really didn't sit right with me and to the point where we clashed a few times and i mean at first you just start off as a negotiator and you just do viewings and um negotiate some offers I mean, the first the first property ever sold was an eighty five thousand pound flat, and the fee on it was uh, the minimum. I think was like two thousand pounds. The minimum fee we had, um, and then I got fifteen percent of that. So I got three hundred pounds uh, for for selling my first thing. And the, the I remember the conveyancing took so long. It was like four months before I even got the completion. I remember getting the first three hundred pound commission come through. Um, but I was just trying to learn as much as I can. And I was out door knocking with my friend Jay till like nine o'clock at night in the middle of winter in the rain, getting the door slammed in your face, um, just learning to get rejected. And anyone that's kind of done door to door, either in, in sales or in the estate agency world, everyone remembers the first kind of doors you're knocking on it. You're, you're worried, your heart's beating, you don't know what to say, you're nervous. And I was just an 18 year old with no sales experience. Um, not really knowing what to do, but um, learned things the hard way. And then eventually, where it all changed for me was, I was like, because I kept clashing with the manager, I was like, no, I wanna do it the right way. I'm all about getting the best result for the client. If you can get the best result for the client, you can charge great fees and you can um, obviously get better commission. And yep, it might take a little bit longer to sell a property in some instances, rather than selling it on the second, third day to the first bite that goes through the door. And of course, this is at the market where it's a hundred to 150,000 pound terrace houses where it's a bit more a bit more buoyant and the markets, uh, the buyers are a bit more abun abundant. Um, but, you know, if it takes two or three weeks, you do an open house, you have to negotiate the office, it's worth it uh, because um, the, the satisfaction of the client will get so many referrals, it'd be great success stories, we'll then have so many more buyers, there'll be less fall throughs because we'll have a choice of buyers. Um, and so eventually I remember being in the office one day and this older gentleman comes in. Um, I still remember his, his name, Simon. Um, and he had a property in, in this area called Bilton in rugby. And he was, like I say, a little bit older and I could tell he was, he didn't really know what he was doing. He was a bit lost. Didn't really have much, he didn't really have a family. His, his wife had unfortunately passed away. Um, he had one daughter who I think lived kind of overseas and he was like, oh, I really, really want to buy, I want to, I want to downsize and buy a property on, on this road. I want to buy a bungalow. Have you got anything? And I was like, unfortunately not. Um, I was trying to look, see if we had any kind of, we'd been out to any market appraisals or had anyone read on the system at that address that I could kind of try and find opportunity rather than wait for opportunity but I really really wanted to help him and I f we built up a bit of a rapport and he could see that I was trying to help him and I was like what's, what's the situation with your current properties like, oh no I've, I've had this agent come around and I'm going to put it on the market with them I was like before you do that 
please let me come around and give me the opportunity to uh to, to explain how i can help and i'll also help you find your perfect property as well and he's like no 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 honestly i i kind of know someone at this agency i'm going to put it on i was like and i was like okay and he said they're going to charge me one percent and they've told me this price and i was like and I've, eventually i convinced him to let me come around and do a market appraisal and at this point i told i've made it very apparent to the people in the office and around me that um you should be charging two and a half percent and they'd all said if you think it's that easy you go do it because because sellers won't pay that in this market they had all these limiting beliefs about why why you couldn't charge these high fees so the pressure was on and of course we got my old man as well and i was like okay i'm gonna go around and i remember his his the the previous agent told him his property was worth a hundred and thirty thousand and i i mean it's a, it's a two hour it's a two hour presentation but i said look nobody knows how much exactly your property is worth because it's worth it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it and to different buyers it's worth different amounts um so what we want to do is market the absolute hell out of it get maximum exposure and we want to find the buyer that's willing to pay more for this property than anyone else and use competition and create a competitive environment to extract the highest offer out of that person or at least have a choice of buyers so even if it's not the highest offer we've got the best offer that can maybe move quickly that's cash there's no risk of down valuation or whatnot um and explained all this to him and i said obviously the fee is two and a half percent plus vat there was some money up front i wanted as a contribution towards kind of some advertising materials and bearing in mind the last agent had come through and said it was um one percent and i also said but pricing strategy we want to get as many people through the front door as possible. We're going to do an open house, a two or three week marketing campaign. It needs to be offers over 120,000. That doesn't mean I'm saying your house is worth 120. You know, we want to get the maximum price. That could be 130, it could be 135. Um, so I was charging, I mean, let's say, to keep the maths easy, two, two and a half thousand pounds more than the next agent. And we did the open house and we got, I think, 30 or 35 buyers there and I remember actually there was a photo of me outside the property at the open house just flooded with buyers around me we ended up getting cash buyers uh cash offer 138,000 uh, so 8,000 pound more than what the other agent had said and then negotiated his onward purchase for him which was um it was actually a little bit more expensive um because it was a bungalow and he was living in um a bit smaller terrace property it was a hundred and i think sixty thousand and i viewed it with him i went on the viewing with him even though it was with another agent and i said to the other agent look i'm i'm just looking after this is my seller i'm just looking after him making sure he gets a good deal and um he was like he came he came out of the viewing and said yeah, yeah i'll tell i'll pay i'll pay 160 for it um let's let's offer 160 and i said nope um you know let's negotiate this properly like let me negotiate on your half if you give me authority to go up to 160 i can but i think there's a deal to be done there i ended up getting a discount of i think it was like fifteen thousand, maybe or in the region of on that property um so i ended up saving him fifteen thousand as i on the purchase getting him eight thousand pound more on the sale of his all because i was charging one and a half percent more than the next agent but he was absolutely ecstatic and I remember going back into the office um, afterwards and kind of proved my point. And from that point, that's where it all changed for me. I was like, okay, actually, this is possible and, and this is how I want to do it and, and work my way from there. And eventually thought, okay, if I want to make more commission, I need to be selling bigger property. So I then um, took an opportunity and, and to move to Fine and Country in Coventry. 
uh, in Warwickshire. Worked there for, I think it might have been two, two and a half, three years, uh, probably two, two and a half years. Um, again, learning, doing as much as I can. Ended up, I think, getting the record sale prices for number one, uh, the first highest sale price, second highest sale price, and I think the fourth highest sale price. Um, and yeah, had lots of success before then. Thought, okay, same thought process. I need to sell more expensive property if I want to be on more commissions because the maximum properties in Coventry were like one point one. Well, the, the number one highest sale price at the time was one point three three million, which I achieved. So really, not that high uh, compared to what we're used to now. So I'm going to move to North London with um, a friend of mine at the time, who's also well known in the industry, that started with it, with a fine and country as well, and. Uh, the market down there was just horrendous. There's the the again. I, I don't want to make. I don't want to be making excuses, but the difference between what buyers were prepared to pay and sellers' expectations was just such a huge gap because of whatever was happening in the market at the time that it was just extremely, extremely difficult to kind of bring them into alignment. But um, that's where I kind of not fell. Well, yeah, started to fall out of love a little bit. But my prop other property interests were taking over. Um, sort of was doing a lot of property investment stuff in the background, transitioned to property development, build up the business I have now. Before kind of still observing the estate agency industry and it just got to the point where I know you um, wanted to progress and find a country and there was a number of reasons you wanted to move from there. And I thought there's still a lot of opportunity here for someone to kind of come in and, and help raise the bar in agency so it's still something I'm, I'm super passionate about and i'm glad i've gone off and done my own thing but again keen to to come back with luxury property partners and uh, cultivate a team of incredible agents that can help us um change the industry so yeah that's that's my whistle stop tour of my journey but i mean should we talk about luxury property partners yeah and no, well i think going back on what you've um you said, I think it's, it doesn't matter whether it's an 80,000 pound house that you've sold then or a 1.3 million or 30 million. It's all the same principles. You know, the, one of my record sales was, uh, you know, I've been on the market for five years, I believe with five or six agents, like your, your Savills, Sotheby's, Hampton, all, all of these agents, you know, for five years. And you'd think, you know, within five years, somebody's going to sell this property. And just like, just like what you said you did on that property, you know, I sat down with a client and said, you know, you thinking of going on at 25 million and doing this and searching for a needle and a haystack. I said, it doesn't really work like that. What I'm going to say might shock you, but we need to go on offers over 20 million. And you could see the big gulp in his in his throat. And, the, you know, the other agents, same, 1%. Um, and I said, look, we need to market the hell out of the property. We need to have an amazing open house, but ultimately we want people to fall in love with it. And the only way to do that is to attract them into the property, which is with an exciting price. So we went, I said, look, we're going to have to go on offers over 20. What's your dream number? And it was obviously 25, 20, you know, something like that. We did the open house after four weeks, the video went viral. We had it on YouTube everywhere. And then we managed to exchange recently at 31 million. So, you know, 11 million over asking. Some may say, well, you underpriced it. That's great. We started the price. We didn't underprice it. We started it at a certain price. And then we managed to get him millions over what he would have ever thought anybody was able to do. So what 
what my thought process is and it's obviously you know to be an estate agent in the uk is not that much of an aspiration but that's what i personally would love to do i would love to you know with you and that's what we're doing set up a business where it is an aspiration you know where people truly want to work for luxury property partners but in order to work for them it's almost like they've got to be the best of the best not necessarily estate agents because you know we've spoken to several people over the last couple of weeks some of them are amazing and they don't have any any experience but unfortunately we've had to say no and it's been it's been pretty heartbreaking saying no to certain people recently but at the same time it's almost good to say no because then the word does spread that do you know what these guys are actually they're not trying to and i see it with other agencies have as many agents as physically possible because that business is going to earn anyway from all of those agents i would rather have less agents but the best agents and not necessarily earn 50 million a year as a business or whatever. I'd, I'd rather earn way less for the first couple of years but to be seen as you know what those guys and that business one it's a hard business to get into two they've got the best talent and you know when people watch our videos i want them to think wow they don't you know that that's a, that's the company i want to work for i want to sell those houses you know so that's the that's the goal for me obviously to be the best have the number one brand but i think the only way you'll get there is by attracting the best talent and i think that's that's a important uh, conversation that we've obviously had over the last few weeks and you know speaking to certain people recently uh, i think I think it's only going to be a, a, a huge benefit ultimately for the clients as well, because why have an agent that's just going to say like, like you said, we've got an offer, let's take it. No, no, no. We don't want an agent like that. We want an agent that's going to fight for the client, to negotiate for the client, to have an open house, to not play people off for each other. It sounds a bit brutal, but you know, but make a competitive environment where it ultimately drives the price up. So then the client, they don't care whether they're paying two percent five percent or even ten percent at the end of it because they're getting the more money than they ever expected and they won't question the fee of course yeah it's an interesting paradox because the agents are almost selfish in the respect that they put their own interests before the client's interest because they think it's going to benefit them and they think you know if i just get the property sold i can get my commission quickly um it's actually they're the ones that will earn less money and have less longer term success than the agents that actually put their clients interests first. Think, you know what, forget what I'm going to get out of this. If I can just get the best result for the client and get them the best price, then I'll be rewarded well from that either with obviously the fee that I deserve, but also with referrals and people that kind of see the success um, and whatnot. So yeah, elaborating on your point around our mission to kind of attract the top talent in the industry and not just attract but train people to become top talent in the industry the reason for that is because i believe the industry is broken in so many different ways in the uk um, one just because of the traditional model of um, basic plus commission um, it, it comes down to this right i'm a big fan of a gentleman called stephen schwartzman he is um, founder of a one of the biggest private equity firms called uh, Blackstone Group and they're um, widely renowned within the finance industry for just attracting the best of the best talent um, out there and Stephen Schwartz his kind of ethos behind attracting the best talent is that level 10 talent are only attracted to level 10 opportunities and so if you want to hire and attract the best of the best people you've got to have a really good opportunity that excites them and, and kind of wants them to to jump ship wherever they're at now and, and come work for you and 
the problem with traditional estate agency or other models is it's not a level 10 opportunity because in other industries you can be a top one percent salesperson it could be absolutely anything and you can be earning multi six figures a year if you are really great at sales but the problem is if you work in a corporate estate agency where you've got a 15 grand basic and you're getting maybe not even 10 percent commission on the fee income um your earnings are just capped and the only way you're just not going to be able to earn amazing money unless you do incredible volume and you work yourself down to the bone but that's that's one of the ways the industry's broken and the problem is when you have an industry that isn't hasn't got the infrastructure to attract top talent or allow top talent to earn the money they deserve you're not going to retain that talent but it's also not going to get great results for the clients there's little incentive for an agent to actually invest more time more energy getting to get best result for the client so the whole self-employed model of agency and kind of what we want to offer with luxury property partners solves that problem because now we've got a model where actually you can make multi six figures a year um, or even seven figures of course if you're going after the right properties uh, because uh, without having to sell hundreds and hundreds of properties throughout the year you can just sell several properties at a few million five million ten million and still make you know a really really good income um, which is a win for the agent because the agents are, are rewarded for kind of all the training and, and work they do um, but it's also a win for the sellers and, and the clients because now um, they've got an agent representing them that really really actually cares and they're going to get rewarded well for selling it and they can direct all of their time and energy into getting that best result for the clients they're not having to sell 50 other properties that are on their books just to be able to pay their rent at the end of the month thank you everyone for watching and um, like comment subscribe sort of any questions you have for us or any topics you'd like us to talk about or any guests you want us to bring on please let us know below see you guys on the next one